All right, welcome in to episode 52 of the Fantastics Insider Podcast. Insiderfootball.com is the website, and it is our week six Fantastics Fantasy Preview. Dan Claskins, James Adams, back with you again, and the season just flying right along. Hopefully your fantasy teams are hanging in there, but uh, whether you're doing good, bad, or somewhere in between, we've got something for you in this podcast, and uh, you want to keep up with the pod. You can subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, to name a few, and uh, right now, we're talking week six, and James, five weeks down. It's definitely uh, getting to be that time of the year. The injuries are piling up, and in week six, as you already mentioned earlier on the previous podcast, the fun of bye weeks begin. Aren't we lucky? I say yes, Dan. I mean, yeah, I've, I've had a few injuries. I can't say, you know, I mean, Keenan Allen on a bunch of teams, but I can't say I'm overwhelmed with injuries. And I'm not going to lie to you. Last week, again, some points on my bench. I know that I'm not going to get the perfect lineup set every week, but I feel like I've built some strong teams with depth, and I am excited to get to these bye weeks. I am excited to see how much better I outperformed my fellow drafters in rounds, I don't know, 8 through 20, because I think this is really when it's going to show. So, yeah, there are going to be some moments where plugging in that RB2 is going to be choosing between RB4s, but I think you have to understand everybody's dealing with that same thing. So, Dan, I don't know if lucky is the term I would use, but I am certainly been looking forward to it because I feel like this is where I'm going to press my advantage on my opponents. Fair enough, fair enough. I will say that uh, in terms of buys, just four teams on buy here in week six, the Lions, the Raiders, the Titans, and the Texans. So if you have any of those players in your lineups, you're going to want to get them out. And we'll certainly talk more on bye weeks and stuff throughout the uh, next few weeks. And of course, on our Saturday show, you can catch James and I every Saturday morning, Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. And then uh, that's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Except, James, you won't be there this week because, you know, you're going to watch that FC Cincinnati playoff game. And uh, so we'll miss you. We'll miss you. But, dude, if you wouldn't have taken off, I'd have been mad at you. So uh, good thing we got Skeeter Robinson warming up in the bullpen on that one. And, uh, James, you know, before we get into any of the injuries or any of the things in general specific with these players, like we always do sort of to kick things off here, I mean, this new concussion rule coming into play. And let me Start off by saying I'm a fan of increased concussion protocols here. I, I definitely am on the side of like, let's do the right thing. But from a fantasy manager standpoint, I mean, we're seeing more and more guys get yanked out of there. Teddy Bridgewater, they said he cleared all the protocols they gave him there and they still made the decision. So going on the side of being cautious here and doing the right thing is definitely something I can get behind. But as a fantasy manager, I have a feeling it's going to get more and more frustrating for us losing these players and taking big goose eggs and lineups on a more common basis. I mean, unbelievable. What's What's been your thoughts on the way they're sort of doing this right now? And I mean, there's really nothing we can do in the fantasy to counter it. My, you know, my initial thoughts are right. We got to protect the players and, but you, you at some level, you can't overprotect them. I mean, if they passed every other protocol, and look, I get there's a difference between an ankle injury, an elbow injury, and a head injury. Um, they are just not the same things, and lingering effects can be different. Uh, yeah, but you start taking away. You, you make the sense. I mean, with the some of these controversial roughing the passer calls. I mean, that Tom Brady call and Grady uh-huh. Jarrett was such a crock. And then Chris Jones, he should have had a, a fumble recovery or something in, in that game versus the Raiders. Of course, uh, in the case, at least in that one, the team that got gypped ended up winning the ball game. But you couldn't say the same for the Falcons, who should have had a chance to win that one. So, dude, the Kansas City Chiefs one uh, is definitely like – you see it in real time, and I understand what the officials are, are 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 thinking. But he had possession of the football with his right hand, had the left hand on the ground, bracing his weight from fully, you know, exploding on top of Derek Carr. I don't know what you can do. Look, I get what the officials are doing, especially after a you know a, year, a week ago when when Tua goes out and it's it's hey we're going to make extra special care to take care of these quarterbacks and the whipping motion that went into the Tom Brady sack. Not that it was really, you know, that violent. I don't know what the answer is. I can say this. I hope that they find a a good common ground where player safety is, is taken care of. But at the same point, you have to allow these other players to play the game. I mean, 
I mean, these guys, I mean, they get paid a ton of money. They know the risk going into being a football player. I, yep. I want player safety and, and definitely taking this concussion stuff seriously because of its long-term effects. But at the same time, you can't come at the at the price of the integrity of the game. And, James, I don't know if I've got an answer for how it's handled in real life. I definitely have had an answer for several years on how this should be handled in fantasy life. We're just waiting for a big-time software provider to come up with the way to do it. I've said it for years, man. I cannot believe CBS, Yahoo, ESPN, whoever you run your league in, none of them have done it yet, of the idea of having this injury player that only comes into play in the event that your player in your starting lineup goes out and and you have one for each position and it's sort of like a prorated thing based off the time. I mean, there's got to be a way. If Teddy Bridgewater goes down on the first drive, I shouldn't end up with a goose egg. And I can handle it in my season-long fantasy lineups. It makes me angry. But where it really ticks me off is in those player prop bets, right? I mean, I had Naheem Hines on an over in a player prop parlay on the Thursday night game. I mean, first quarter in, his legs are buckling. I'm like, ah. Uh, I'm going to be really hard-pressed to take overs given this new protocol and any prop parlays in a game. I mean, not to say I still won't because I like to bet that way, but it's like, goodness. I mean, if there was ever another reason to take the under, now we have these increased rules, and I'm afraid that it's going to be doctors, independent people. Yeah, they're independent, but they're still afraid to get fired, mm-hmm. right? They're still afraid to be having their integrity questioned here, so they're going to take the cautious approach because it's the one that doesn't get them in trouble. Well, I, I know what you're you're talking about in the in the substitution rule in fantasy. If we could ever get it to be implemented, it has to be automated. It has to be. I mean, maybe it it's not for automated. every league. Maybe it's not for every league. But at the end of the day, you should have some dummy player. It's like your ice pick for season long. I I don't disagree with you. I mean, my initial answer is, oh, that's best ball, and it's not exactly the right answer because you're not getting prorated points on either side of it. Best ball may be the best answer, but that's not. Setting your lineups like we like to do, and that's not the same. I don't know that there is an answer. Um, you mentioned those software providers. It's probably MFL or Sleeper that really would come up with it. They seem to be the more oh, uh, my goodness. intuitive it's, ones. It's prorated. So if your dude goes out in the fourth quarter, you, you what it does is it takes all the points your guy accumulated, and whatever the ice pick player is, it becomes like you get the – so many their last percentage. Minutes. Sure. They, no, and that's not even their last 12 minutes of their game. It's just that percent of their total points. Right. Okay. I don't know. There has to be some sort of formula. I don't have all the answers, James, but for crying out loud, I'm just trying to make a point here. Like, let's fix fantasy in the, in the modern concussion era, and maybe we can get to that. But let's get to the other injuries. I've got on a soapbox here. <laughs> and yes, I did get screwed by Teddy Bridgewater as my quarterback in the same league where I just cut Trey Lance and Javante Williams. And somehow I won the game, James, because, well, I had Gabe Davis, and that sort of did the difference. But Either way, let's talk injuries, James. And men's again, lots of them to get to. And, you know, uh, the thing is, is some of these injuries, uh, as we give you some of these bad injuries, there's also the idea of some of these guys coming back from injury. We now have to start keeping our eyes on. But let's start at the quarterback position. Dak Prescott, I, I still think he's at least a week away. They're winning, so it's Cooper Rush time, and that's fine. This situation in Miami Pretty problematic, however, because you've got two attack of Aloha. They've already pretty much ruled him out for week six. I mean, it hasn't happened, but he hasn't he's not close to resuming football activities. That includes practice in a game. So we got Teddy Bridgewater. He cleared all the concussion protocols reportedly in the locker room, but they still decided to play it safe. So that tells me he's already making his way through. I'm optimistic Bridgewater doesn't get there, but James, if not, it's Skyler Thompson time and I got it. I was appealing. It was appealing for Bridgewater because, man, he's like, got Jamal Waddle. He's got Tyree Kill. You know, I'm going to play him, but like, I can't get into Skylar Thompson. I'm sure you can't either. No, not at all. I mean, at this point, I think you just you have to find another option, even with four teams on by. If you're in a super flex league, I mean, I get it, I guess, but I'd like to think you'll find a better option. I think Miami could score some points. Well, on that total is 45 and a half when I checked it this morning. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm optimistic there. I'm not optimistic at all about Carolina. They fired the coach finally, Matt Rule. They fired their defensive coordinator. They hired Steve Wilkes. He was the guy that got screwed over in the Cliff Kingsbury hire. And uh all that's fine and dandy, but Baker Mayfield's hurt now, and it's PJ Walker time because Sam Darnold's still sideline. And James, this actually might not even be that big of a downgrade as they think. I in my opinion, Baker's been stinking, so I don't know, but Carolina is a train wreck right now. And anything outside of Christian McCaffrey is out of my fantasy lineup. 
This gives me hope that DJ Moore becomes a fantasy useful player again. They seem to force feed him the ball a bit last week and at least gave him that PPR floor he used to have. I mean, to be honest with you, my thought process here is maybe this breathes life into DJ Moore if he isn't traded, which has been somewhat of the rumor, more so about other players than Moore who's been signed to a deal. But I mean, this this gives me a chance to maybe go arrow up on these guys because it can't get any worse. The big buzzkill injury of the week, Rashad Penny, broken fibula, missed the rest of the season. Kenny Walker time. We'll get more into him when we get to the waiver wire report here in a minute. But in, ter- in case of Penny, this is just such crushing, James. I, I mean, this dude he came in pretty highly touted. And when he's been healthy, which has been limited, he has shown flashes of being that guy. And uh I don't know. I mean, clearly they drafted Walker part of it because they knew Penny has these durability concerns. So those don't go away. I just hope the dude can get back to even playing football after this one. I mean, best of best of luck to him in his recovery. DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. We know they've got other backs. I admit the Seattle offense is a lot better than I thought. So we'll sort of work our way through those guys on waivers in a deeper sense and you know how much you should go after him and stuff. But Kenneth Walker clearly the lead guy is there one of these other two backs here you think is worth a stab as maybe the passing down role because i mean it could actually be a viable option given all these buys and things that are out there at least as a a pickup i'm still not ready to believe in the seattle offense one of those massive games was against detroit who has the worst defense in the league i don't know if i'm ready to buy into they put up some points versus the saints in new orleans who are not a good defense anymore and it's not just this week they are not a good defense minnesota put up a lot of points on them the week before in london the saints frankly are not a good defense they look good early uh against their you know normal folk i think they're still pretty good but they're okay at best Either way, you're saying don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, Kenneth Walker, we'll get into him. I mean, he's obviously a high draft pick. He's going to be the guy. So you're saying no on those other guys, and that's good. Uh, I mean, the Patriots injury there. We got uh, Damian Harris. They're going to say multiple weeks now with the hamstring issue. Ramondre Stevenson, he's not even on the waiver wires anywhere. If you're in a league where he's on the waiver wire, you're playing in an eight-team league or something. Even even then, probably still not there. But James... What is his fantasy value, at least for the next month or so? I mean, I guess you have to assume that it's going to be really, really high because he was kind of the one, like like what we thought you might get in Green Bay, 1A and 1B. That's what you're actually getting in New England. And people did, of course, think that Stevenson even surpassing Harris at the end of uh, draft season. I mean, I think Stevenson continues to get more and more looks. I don't expect anything other than a heavy you know, heavy workload for him going forward until Harris comes back because they're dealing with a rookie quarterback, the third teamer himself. Uh, they have a pretty stout defense. There have been times where it didn't look great. It certainly did this past week. And so I think run the ball and play defense, kind of like what Belichick liked to do when Tom Brady was a young lad himself. Meanwhile, in Arizona, both running backs James Conner and Darrell Williams both dealing with injuries. Conner to his ribs, Williams his knee, Eno Benjamin, primary ball carrier in the short term here. He's looked decent at times. Finally, after a couple years of uh, being a busted prospect, showing some signs of life, he certainly will get into in the waiver wire discussion here. Overall, Arizona, they really have underwhelmed me a little bit. They'll be getting DeAndre Hopkins back, but if he's the sole guy, Benjamin's certainly going to have some value. We'll keep our eyes more on those injuries at receiver. Miami's Tyreek Hill seen wearing a walking boot after the week five loss in uh, versus the Jets. It looks like uh, this is, you know, not that big of a situation, James, but something we'll keep our eyes on in practice uh, as we get into a midweek here. We saw another one of the concussions with Chris Olave. How about that T Higgins injury? I mean, that was very costly for the Bengals and certainly for many fantasy managers who after he was active, speaking of another prop parlay that got killed for me, uh, after he was ruled active, Higgins plays only 10 snaps and none in the second half in that Sunday night football game as the Bengals lose in Baltimore. If I mean, if you had a backup plan, if you had Tyler Boyd as your, your fail safe for all Bengals, you still weren't going to turn to him because he was active. The, you know, there was nothing suggesting that, like we knew he was a little banged up, but there was nothing suggesting that he wasn't going to play. So I don't think there was a fantasy out to this one. Just very unfortunate. And certainly you could see that it not only hurt 
fantasy managers, it surely hurt the Bengals, too. No doubt about it. A couple things to watch at tight end. We've got Dalton Schultz. He also only played 10 snaps. He's clearly not healthy. You need to be real careful about sticking him in your lineup. And Pat Fryermuth, he left Sunday's game with another concussion there. So early signs are good, but something to monitor. And uh, obviously, I think there'll be plenty of other injuries. But let's tip it over to the waiver wire, James. And right now is time to get aggressive on the waiver wire. Some people going to the waiver wire this week out of necessity. With the bye weeks, others just trying to build death. But James, at this time of the season, you should always be grinding out those last couple spots on your rosters. Don't get lazy. Don't get content. If you can always, to me, there's always work to be done. Almost every fantasy team has an improvement that can be made. So be out there, do your bids. There, but I will say this, James: Fab budget doesn't do you any good if you don't spend it. And as we come in here to week six right now. And, you know, you're still sitting on a hefty amount of fab. There, every week that passes, it's one less week you're going to get this newly acquired player. Though, a guy like Kenneth Walker coming out here on the fab, especially in leagues where after the first fab run, you can just pick up players without paying. James, he might be a guy, if I need a running back, I'm going 100% of my budget on. If he's available in your league, then... You do want to be cautious about who else might be available, how thin your waiver wire is. But yeah, he might be the one. Look, the only way he's available I don't, is if I don't rarely say it. Last year, I went pretty heavy on a guy named Elijah Mitchell, and it was a lot earlier in the season. I took a lot of heat, especially on Twitter. That one worked out. I think this one's going to work out even more. Who and- else is it going to be? I think that's the answer right now because my most, my most often used fab player is kicker defense because to the point you were just making to last week when I wasn't frankly going to get into Rashad Penny who was the hot name because I don't trust his injury history um not saying I'm, I'm you know whatever I was going after those kickers those defenses getting ready for the upcoming bye weeks be doing that as well like you said always be working that into the waiver wire so that you don't have to overpay some of that fab budget next week or the week before week after for kicker defense but absolutely you should always be looking forward and if Walker is available I would assume in most leagues he's worth, if not all of it, almost all of it. Amen to that. Uh, definitely figuring that there. And he's probably not available in a lot of leagues we play in, James. Let's be no, honest. I mean, no. he's out there in 50% of the Yahoo leagues. Uh, or I think it was I was looking at earlier. So, and I don't know. I don't know. George Pickens, uh, another guy that, that is probably not out there in any leagues. But he's another guy that if somehow he's still dangling out there, uh, you got to get this guy. I mean, I'm I'm sold. I was sold before the season. He's going to be better than Chase Claypool. And now with Pickett in there, the way these two are jiving, the fact that I think the Steelers are going to suck most of the season and be playing garbage time, I really like him. And he's surprisingly still available in about 45% of leagues out there. But let's get into some of the other positions. Let's start quarterback. I mean, Geno Smith continues to be a, a, a really nice streamer in leagues where one quarterbacks are on most rosters, but chances are, James, in deeper leagues, he's scooped up. You're streaming other quarterbacks this week besides him. Who might else be an option? Well, wh- who's your quarterback? What's your bye week? Are you streaming this week? I mean, I'm not sure that you're finding a ton of options. Um, if you are streaming for the future, you're keeping an eye on it. So it's not really streaming, but you're keeping an eye on your bye weeks. Go look at the players that are on your bye weeks, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, guys, because of their recent injuries, I've seen hit waiver wires. If they are, you know, with Mac, he's got to be back and healthy again. But if their bye weeks sync up with a good matchup, your starters bye weeks sync up with a good matchup, have your eye on that. Cause I don't think there's a, a go-to must have quarterback out there on the waiver wire yeah. this week, quite well, frankly. Not really great matchups. Jack Wilson's a good one. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, if he gets cleared and is back. I would play him. Revenge game. Yeah, revenge game. Plus, I mean, as I said before, if he's out there, he's got Hill and Waddle. And he's talented. Yeah, and you you figure that the uh, you know the Vikings are going to put some points on the board, right? I mean, Marcus Mariota, he's, I'm starting to lose my uh, appetite <sighs> for streaming him or using him at all. So I, I would say Wilson, Bridgewater, Kenny Pickett, I'll throw him out there. Uh, he's going to throw the football. Going to throw the football, Tampa stuff, but it is at home this time. He's got a little bit of a rushing floor. I think we didn't see it last week as much, but I think it's coming. Jimmy G also versus Atlanta, probably out there in a lot of leagues. I mean, it doesn't have a high ceiling, but he's no got a, ceiling. He's got a decently high floor if you're just looking for a bye week scrape. So let's talk running backs, James. Let's get into the more important position. Obviously, we're burning our fab. We talked through the top guy out there. 
I know I mentioned Eno Benjamin before. He's got to be pretty high up on the list. If you're out there with him, and we don't know a ton about these two injuries in front of him, how much of his fab, how much of the remaining fab is he worth? I still don't think I want to be buying into the ground game. I can I, look, I know they were trying to force him to be the guy ahead of Williams until last week when it was necessity, it didn't happen. If you'd need a running back, you need one desperately this week. I could go ahead and plug in, I don't know, 15, 20%. As you pointed out, there's just not, I mean, especially when we talk about these high stakes leagues, Dan, your fab opportunities, there's only about five left. It's not like you're going to be able to run fab all through week yeah. 17. Well, so keep that in mind, too. In but, those cases, I mean, a lot of these guys are gone because they got deeper uh, rosters anyway. Correct. I think the other names at running backs, I mean, Mostert, he was a name I threw out last week. I'm seeing him pop up on some fab reports. He should be long gone. I I got in on him a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, uh, I don't have him in enough leagues because I was in. I got him in a lot of best balls, though, James. I was looking through. I got him. I probably got about almost 20 to 25% exposure to Raheem Mostert across my do-good fantasy best balls, which wasn't really intentional. I just was taking whatever Miami back kept falling to me, Mm -hmm. and it was him. So. Uh, that was good. Brian Robinson's back. I mean, he had some workload in the first week. James didn't equal much. It pretty, I mean, it wasn't a great matchup. wasn't terrible against the Titans, but he did out touch Antonio Gibson nine to six, and that's the noteworthy thing there. So, uh, Brian Robinson, somebody that you, I don't mind getting if he's available. I'm not ready to endorse him as a fantasy starter just yet. Rashad White, I think, is the running back I'm most interested in for the long term. That's probably still out there because Rashad White, we're talking all this talk right here about Kenny Walker and, oh, Penny's gone. He's the man. Blow your rest of your fab. If Leonard Fournette went down, James, Rashad White would be even more of somebody that I would feel that way about than today's flavor of the day Kenny Walker is. Because I love the offense here. And right now, he's getting more and more involved in the passing work. So he's got standalone value, which I like as well. Much much for the same reason I was drafting Jeff Wilson Jr. ahead of the season when most people weren't. The reason you bring up White, if he's available, he's the number two back on that team. I mean, it's time to have the number two back on behind, especially a guy like Leonard Fournette. Like, I'm not saying you need to handcuff your... Josh Jacobs of the world, who's an RB2. I don't know. Maybe he's not an RB2 after that wonderful performance on Monday night. But the idea being, I'm not sure I'm handcuffing every running back down my roster, but those top 15 or so guys that are still healthy, even I'm not sure Javante Williams not, but guys that I said I would anchor my team around to start the season, those are guys I would handcuff, and Fournette certainly fits that bill. Um, But Walker more valuable this week because he's actually got the role. This is why, again, Dan, you talk about being diligent on the waiver wire. You know, seeing these players and saying, okay, I've got a a completely useless player here at the end of my bench. This is a time to go pick up White now. Um, I would add one more running back to the name. I don't know if Deion Jackson does anything to you, but speaking of handcuffs, it seemed as nice as Phil Lindsay did in his little bit of a spot against his old team, the Broncos. Deion Jackson appeared to be the next man up if you're looking to handcuff Jonathan Taylor, your number one overall pick, who I thought it might have been Philip Lindsay in the preseason, then he wasn't even on the team when it all started. Yeah, well... I mean, it, he's a deeper one. He's definitely a deeper one. But these are the type of plays you start stashing right now. Anything else out of running back? I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, some other few names out there on the list. I mean, James Cook, I guess, is sort of in the Rashad White conversation. But there's three of them. Mm-hmm. Plus Josh Allen stealing it. So, mm-hmm. barring injury. I mean, he's worth a stash if you got a spot. I, I'm still sitting on him in a couple leagues myself. So, not. but during bye weeks, it gets a little tougher to hold on to those types of players. So, I assume we're not talking Taysom Hill and running backs, even though his stats well, are all Well, Taysom yards Hill. Now. Yeah, Taysom <laughs> Hill. Well, that's he's on my list to get to. I was going to save him for tight I know. I was, I was being facetious because he's not a running back listed in fantasy. But yeah, that's he's not a quarterback in most leagues anymore either. He's tight right. end. So, I mean, you jump the gun, so we'll do tight ends next. Right. Taysom Hill, I mean, how are you treating him in fab? Because he's out there in most of the leagues that people are listening probably. Oh, I've got him in a super flex league that I have yet to start him. Uh and James, does it have to be tight end? I mean, tight end eligible is everything we're talking about. Is assuming you're that's the slot he's eligible, tight end slash mm-hmm. flex. I mean, I don't know. None of the leagues I play enlist him as a quarterback. No, he's tight end everywhere. I've seen him too. I'm just saying I have him in one of those leagues because I had him in a dynasty, whatever. Um, it's hard to plug him in. He had what 11 touches last week, but he scored like 40 fantasy points. Yeah, I'd say this point if Dan, if you're looking to plug in a tight end and you have the likes of 
you know, Andrews or Kelsey, you're not thinking about him. I would honestly think with the upside and the relative floor that we've seen from other tight ends, which can be all the way to zero. I mean, Higby, I would say you probably start over Taysom Hill with his role at this point. But I think Taysom Hill becomes a borderline tight end one because his floor or his upside is massive. At least why Andy Dalton's in there. Yes, 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 yes. And the floor, quite as, as long as we see him getting 10 snaps or so or 10 touches, I think he'd probably well, have to thing. consider him that. The more they use him, the more the other opponent has to prepare for him, too. So his presence alone makes the Saints tougher mm-hmm. to handle. But when Jameis Winston gets back, I think it'll be less of it unless it just keeps working. And you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you're asking me who I'd rather start in week number uh, six for tight end, George Kittle or Taysom Hill, I'm going to answer Taysom Hill right now. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's true. He's getting paid, too. I mean, so as much as I go, oh, it's a fluke, and it, it he's getting paid. I mean, yeah. it makes it makes sense for them and to utilize him. And here's the thing. Him. Other teams aren't stopping it. That's also a very good point. <laughs> I mean, it was very effective. Nine, nine yards or nine rushes for 100 Taysom yards. Hill, we're looking more traditional. I'll tell you a tight end I scooped up last week on Sunday morning uh, in my two tight end league was Evan Ingram. And I, I still think it's hit or miss sometimes, and I know the Jags. Man, I don't want to get into the Jags, James. I, you, I you got me buying into them enough to get burned on my survivor. Sorry, me too. Yeah, uh, but I will say, <laughs> Evan Ingram still. Uh, we talked about him in this in the uh, summertime leading up to the season of like, hey, if you wait around on tight end, this is a guy that's going to get there, James. Based on the targets we're seeing here, uh, more and more targets. I mean, you're talking about an outing where he just racked up six catches for on and ten targets. Right, sixty-nine receiving yards in that one, and if that target volume keeps up there, we could be talking about Evan Ingram as a back end tight end one before the dust settles on this season. He's getting acclimated to the offense now, no question about it. My one problem with that, Dan, is if you turn to him, there were only two catches for James Robinson, three for Zay Jones, uh, one for Christian. I'm just Kirk. looking at the tight end landscape, and I'm like, I, oh, I know. I'm just telling you that I, when I look at that game log from the from the Jags. I do see an opportunity for Evan Ingram to fall completely by the wayside because we've seen those other guys have big-time production in Jaguar wins, so it's going to be an up-and-down ride. But you're right. Evan Ingram is certainly in the mix as a player to pick up. I would agree. Aiden Hurst shouldn't be out there. He's not out there in any leagues here in Cincinnati, but somehow no. he's still available in your leagues. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a real factor in this offense, so I actually like him better than Ingram. And then I will say finally here, uh, Kate Otten. A name to keep your mm-hmm. eyes on with Cameron Brait uh, dealing with his injuries. And uh, I mean, it, it's not pretty right now. Uh, he's a guy in Dynasty we've already had our eyes on, but the rookie did catch six balls on seven targets out uh, here in week number five. So if Brait remains out, that could be continued success there. James, let's quickly run through some receivers. Give me a few you like and what you might spend on them. Well, before we go receiver, I got to say tight end to Bellinger for the Giants. Didn't get a ton of looks, but he scored a touchdown again. So if you're desperate, he's a player I would take a peek at too because you certainly are looking at um, a team that is vacant of any passing options. Um, I guess you go to the Giants, Dan. I don't know that I'm going to tell you I'd spend on him because I've already taken stabs at other Giant receivers, Richie James to be one of them. Would you dare take a stab at Darius Slayton, who turns out to be the Giants' number one receiver this week? I don't know if I can say yes to that, but the landscape there is bad, and this is a team that needs a receiver, and Slayton has been a very good one before. I don't know that there's a ton of fab to be spent there, but I certainly would say he's a player to take a peek at. Yeah, I agree with that. Alex Pierce. Alex Pierce uh, Has to be number one, dude. Yeah. What do you have, set eight catches on uh, on t- Tuesday night? I mean. Or Thursday night, whatever, whatever night I slept through the game. definitely 1A to Pittman, and if he keeps this up, he might be one, period. Uh, he's looking pretty good outside of that. I'm with you. I mean, Slayton, you got Rondale Moore coming back. I think Khalil Shakur, uh, was a guy I picked up in a couple of my deeper leagues, including one of my KFFC teams last week. I like his long-term promise there in Buffalo as a stash. I don't really have anything else, James. I mean, I don't want to get down to like the Randall Cobb and, uh, you know, he's interesting, but I just don't know that it's going to be him long term. Uh, but there is a there is a narrative with Rodgers and the, the veteran receiver. That's an interesting one. It hasn't been usable, though, until really this week. Yeah. So we shall see. So there's your waiver wire pickups and stabs. Uh, if we're looking for some defensive streamers this week, uh, I did pick up Jacksonville a couple uh, last week versus the Texans. I'm thinking about keeping them with the Colts on tap. 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you should. I mean, they only gave up 13 points. They lost the game, but they only gave up 13 points. Yeah. So I think that's a team you can run. I like, I definitely like, obviously, um, the Rams playing Carolina. And then, James, I think if I'm looking at a pretty good defense right now, and I think is very, very underrated, is uh, the Patriots. I mean, I don't. I'm, I know they were cutting a couple of leagues. They're on the road in Cleveland, but gosh, I mean, they're still putting up some mass points. I actually like both those defenses because I think that's going to be a low-scoring game. Browns went and picked up a linebacker. They're trying to stop the run, so they're certainly going to try and do it. I would think the Browns' defense, yeah, the Patriots, eh, they were really good last week, but that was Jared Goff. I think the run game of Nick Chubb is going to be a little bit more difficult. Really, the streamer defense this week, Dan, would have to be the Vikings if the Dolphins are indeed down to QB3. I mean, and to that point, the Rams haven't been cut, but they haven't been good. So in leagues where people do stream defenses and the Rams could have been cut, just keep your eye on that because they haven't been good. James, the Rams have been so bad on offense, I might even consider the Panthers there. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> All right. But I hear what you're saying. 11 points against the Cowboys last week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, there are your waiver wire recommendations for this week. As always, uh, you can get them here and you can hit us on Twitter at Dan Claskins at James Adams94. And, uh, James, as we go out, first look at week six. As I mentioned, we've got Detroit, Las Vegas, Tennessee, and Houston on a bye. The Thursday night hits just keep on coming. Just when you thought the Colts and Broncos a week ago couldn't be excitement enough. We get the Commanders at the Bears this week. Chicago currently a one-point favorite, a total at 38. and Looks like I'll be uh, – I got off my under train last week, and it burned me. It's, I'm usually just bet the under and don't even think about it. But somehow I was thinking, oh, they're going to pass. The running backs are out. Russell Wilson uh, – yeah, that was wrong. I'm back on the under train here, dude. I do not think this is going to be a very fantasy-friendly contest. I mean, the Bears' offense com- continues to be an offense to completely avoid. Montgomery was good last week, certainly good in the passing game or receiving game. Um, but the way they play offense, the way Fields completes like 15 passes a game, that's like the ceiling too, by the way, that just doesn't create an environment for a high-scoring game, and it creates a fantasy dud around uh, around for the most part. So I can't get involved in much of the Bears' offense, and, and then that makes me wonder how much commanders can I get into when you consider it'll probably be a hyped-up crowd at Soldier Field, uh, whether or not they'll be booing by halftime, I don't know. But um, this strikes me again as if as a game that is going to be pretty much a snooze fest. Yeah, with four teams down, it's a short afternoon slate on Sunday as well, but still plenty of one o'clock to choose from. We've got San Fran at Atlanta, the 49ers minus five and a half, the total forty-three here. Obviously, with the Niners. Can they get Debo Samuel to bounce back here? George Kittle, he hasn't even got started right now. I think it's going to be a lot of the defense. James, on the Falcon side of it, I mean, Kyle Pitts didn't play last week, so I don't know. I'm not that optimistic he's back here. Drake London hasn't looked great. They're without Cordero Patterson. I mean, not a lot to get excited about from a fantasy perspective. The Niners' defense is good. It is really good, and that makes you not want to play players on the other side of the ball. Um, there's really not a Falcon that I want to play. If I had to turn to one, I suppose it would be Drake London, but I don't I mean, I don't know. I'd rather almost rather play Olamide Zacchaeus as like a, a punt play and dra- and on, on DFS and leave it as that new England likely on their third string quarterback and former WKU Hilltopper Bailey Zappi once again. And without Damian Harris, the tough task of going into Cleveland. And as you mentioned, you think Chubb's going to run all over the defense, but James, uh, one guy that has been probably, I mean, I don't know if fantasy MVP is the right word, but definitely like the fantasy in your face to is Amari Cooper. Like all of us were just, none of us wanted to draft the guy. The only reason I got the shares of Amari Cooper where I do, it's because it got so late that I was just like, all right, I'll take him. And dude, like he's been amazing. Amazing. Especially when you consider this offense. Do you like him in this matchup? Is he a guy that's just locked in regardless of matchup right now? He is not locked in regardless of matchup. As soon as we thought, oh, Amari Cooper's that dude, we saw him do absolutely nothing against Atlanta. So he was a bench player against Carolina. Then you probably didn't turn to him against the Jets with your starting lineup intact. Yeah. So well, I've got him be- in all my lineups because I'm so desperate at the leagues I've got him in. But I'm just saying, as far as him being the fantasy MVP or the in your face, I mean, he's had three good games and two bad games. Did you start 
Did you start him in the right 60% of those games so far? That's yeah, the problem. Yeah, but dude, look at receiver. I mean, you could say the same about Justin Jefferson, for crying out loud. Fantasy consistency right now with receiver is ridiculous. But at least you had Jefferson in your lineup for sure. Yeah. Like, how many people didn't start Cooper until the Atlanta match and went, oh, <laughs> you okay, can we'll tell, play him. You can tell we both have Cooper, but you have better teams with Cooper than I do. <laughs> I'm playing him this week. <laughs> and I played him last week. You're, you're frustrated by Cooper. I'm joined jumping Jackson. I ended up with him in my wide receiver, too, and he's in, like, round seven. If you recall, he was my sleeper last week. I said it was a Cooper week, so I played him last week. I think, yeah, this week you'll play him. It's a decent matchup, but, I mean, granted, coming off injury, my, my guy Amon Ross St. Brown didn't put up a whole lot against New England a week All ago. right, all right. Let's roll through some more quickly here. The Packers, they're hosting the Jets. It's a seven-point spread. Green Bay coming off that tough loss in London to the Giants. Now they get the other side of New York, and the total's 46 here. And, James, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm in on the Jets long term. I said it before with uh, Salah, and I mean, they put the nucleus around him, and they got swag, dude. You know what? Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and, you know, uh, Sauce Gardner, these guys all played on winning teams in college, right? I mean, they don't know that the Jets have always sucked. They don't care, right? And I sort of, it's sort of Bengal esque, like the Bengals were last year when. You know, you had these young guys, like the T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burr. I love what's – I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to make a Super Bowl run here. But this team is a team that's going to be a tough out each week. I'll tell you right now, I'm taking the seven. I hope it stays at seven and a half in some spots because I'll take that hook for sure on this one. I really hope C.J. Uzama doesn't out-target Tyler Conklin again. But, boy, <laughs> did we see the difference in two teams. A team that has to struggle because, remember, their Browns win was an insane come-from-behind win. A team who plays from the front or the team who plays from the behind. A team that plays from the front is probably going to have C.J. Uzama in there. I know that's not what we're talking about here, but I can't help but get to you it. You know what I'll say? Brees Hall is going to be a top-10 fantasy running back down the stretch. I'll call that It's hard right to argue. Now. He looked like a horse, man. He looked like a stud this week. <laughs> Uh, and I'll say this, I mean, if we want to talk about running backs in this particular matchup, A.J. Dillon, my goodness, he has become Jamal Williams. That's all he ever has been. And here's the deal. If you wouldn't have started Jamal Williams in your Packer matchups back in the day with a healthy Aaron Jones, you can't do it with A.J. Dillon either. Uh, the Packers, will they win this game? I, I'm with you. I would take the seven. I don't know that I would take the Jets to win this game, but I like the seven. The Packers haven't beaten anybody with any oomph besides the Bears who Aaron Rodgers owns. Indianapolis is a two-point favorite at home to Jacksonville in an AFC South showdown of snooze fest is what it sounds like to me, but we'll see if they can bounce back there. We've got Minnesota at Miami, the Vikings minus three, 45 and a half. We're expecting and hoping for uh, some better production out of here at Miami, but much of it's going to depend on their quarterback, so we'll have to keep our eyes on that. We've got Baltimore at the Giants. The Ravens a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The total just at 44 here, and Kudos to Daniel Jones last week. Clearly playing less than 100%. He's winning me over. I mean, I'm not, no, I don't know if he's a great fantasy asset, but I'm starting to like the dude as a football player. And uh, Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh, eight-point favorite for the Bucks. The Bucks beating anybody by eight doesn't seem very easy these days. So I don't know, James. Another another dog here. The total's just a 43 and a half, and I've realized the Steelers stink. I was sort of feeling it with Atlanta covering that 11 last week. I'm going to stick to it this week. Bad teams don't covered by more than a touchdown on the road. And I'm not saying Tampa Bay is bad. They're struggling is what I should say. They are a bad team. They're yeah. a bad team. It's three and two. Uh, but I will give a slight reprieve to last week's match because here's the deal. I mean, I said it as much as anybody that I thought Tampa Bay and the and the Brady would go in there and roll this divisional opponent. They didn't do that, but they did get the win. I guess I've got to give Atlanta a little bit of credit, though, right? They did beat the Browns the week before. Browns team that won, uh, you know, that's that's looked okay. They didn't win this past week, but hung tough with the Chargers, who are supposed to be one of those Super Bowl contenders. Maybe the Falcons are a little bit better of an opponent, but still, I mean, uh, I hate, I, I have trouble thinking that that the Buccaneers right now can just steamroll anybody because they're not putting up enough points. Frankly, they, I mean, as good as their defense is, they just don't put up enough points. Fair enough. Fair enough. We've got the ultimate homecomings of sorts. Joe Burrow going back to the Bayou, taking on the Saints in New Orleans, where Andy Dalton likely to start versus former team. And James, 43-and-a-half, one-and-a-half here. How do you expect this game to go? You already said you don't like the Saints defense very much. I mean, given the fact that I bet the overwind totals on two teams in the NFL this season, they are these two teams. I can only imagine it's going to be a tie, and it will hurt both of my tickets. That's the way I would expect it to go, given, you know, Murphy's Law. 
Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. Uh, one thing I did like seeing, in this, especially the second half of that Bengals Sunday night game versus the Ravens, was Joe Mixon starting to look a little bit like Joe Mixon. So hopefully they can keep that going. Uh, you're going to play all your studs on the Bengals. Uh, hopefully T. Higgins is back out there. On the other side of it, Kamara finally looking pretty good. Obviously, we talked about Taysom Hill already a little bit there, but uh, Chris Olave and that concussion protocol, that's going to be a big thing. And will they get Michael Thomas back this week? So plenty of things to monitor in that matchup. We got three late afternoon games, two four oh five Eastern ones, Arizona at Seattle, the Cardinals minus three. This is the highest, one of the highest totals, I should say, of the entire week, 51 and a half. And you're going to fire up the, all the Seahawks and Arizona players that you normally would and hope they come through. The Rams, they're favored by 11 to Carolina, 41 points. And again, uh, this should be a good, healthy spot for the Rams, but uh, I will be tempted by the plus 11. Definitely in a teaser, especially on the Panthers there, mainly because the Rams are just struggling right now outside of mm-hmm. Cooper Cup and Higby. I don't know any of them that you can feel comfortable about in your starting lineup, maybe Stafford this week. But, James, the matchup of the week, maybe the matchup of the season, taking place in Kansas City as the Chiefs host the Bills. 53-and-a-half is the spread currently. Buffalo minus the two-and-a-half here. And, man, this is a game that everybody will want to be watching on Sunday afternoon. I mean, are we just already assuming the over? Is everybody circling plus you know, the, the over 53 and a half, 54 and rolling with it, given what we saw in the playoffs last year. Um, I'm not sure that that's what we're going to get, but I suppose I'm going to start my players with the assumption of, I mean, I'm looking at this week as I was presetting some lineups quite early on thinking, man, do I hope Dawson Knox gets healthy for this one? Cause I'd really like to play him, man. Do I think this is a week where I can feel a little more comfortable with the Juju Smith Schuster? Because I think they're going to have to can keep up with the points. More points on the boards makes me think I'm going to get more points from him. But I don't know if there's still a Kansas City receiver I can trust. Those are my initial thoughts from this game. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the number gets pushed up, 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 given the way we saw that fourth quarter in the playoff game a year ago. Yeah. I won't be touching it either way. I won't either. I won't be touching it either way. Uh, it will be a good game. Clearly, clearly, I think all parts of the uh, passing game – that Buffalo, you know, I mean, Gabe Davis, not going to do what he did every week, but he did pretty good last year against the Chiefs. Coming off that game, nobody's leaving him on their bench this week. What about the running backs on these teams, though, James? Both teams have these running backs that could dip in and have some production with all these bye weeks and stuff out there. I think more owners are going to be looking at people like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Devin Singletary. I think you'd be hard-pressed to not play Edwards-Hilaire I don't know if I would play Singletary in this matchup. Um, Edward Solaire kind of laid a dud on Monday Night Football. We it, saw that it came so close to a touchdown, though. Oh, it didn't matter. Uh, the guy I was playing that had Edward Solaire had Kelsey too, so it didn't matter. Yeah, you realize all your analysis on these things have been related to your lineups. <laughs> well, you know the matter? reason people say, "How do you have so many teams?" I say, "If I've got to talk about every player in every team, I may as well roster them all." Well, so. I think you're working on it this year, but. <laughs> Dallas at Philadelphia, the Sunday night game to top that one off. So I got to admit, normally I would be complaining, oh, another uh, Cowboys game on Bryant. But this one's going to be worth the bill in here, James. 42 and a half, a pretty low total, what expects to be a physical contest. But Philly's favored by five at home. Philly's a better team right now with, with Cooper Rush under center for the Cowboys. It has been magnificent. What they were able to accomplish against the Rams it was awesome. The Rams are defending champs, but the Eagles look more likely to be the next champs than the Rams do. This is a tougher matchup. Uh, you know Philly's going to be absolutely berserk come Sunday night. Their defense has been so good. The Rams' defense, by contrast, has just not been as good. So I think it's a tougher matchup for Cooper Rush than he's seen, quite frankly, all year. And I just think the Eagles in this one will they, look. They they squeaked one out last week to keep that record unblemished. But I think they do it this week against the Cowboys. The rematch will be the very interesting one to see. Hopefully, uh, one Dak Prescott healthy for that one. But I like the Eagles in this one. I don't know that I would lay the five, but I certainly wouldn't take them if I were the Cowboys either. Chargers and the Broncos, the Monday night game, Denver back in prime time again, and basically a mini bye week going all the way from where he saw him a week ago on Thursday night, all the way here on a Monday night. 
Uh, but it's not going to matter on the road. Just Chargers are a better team. I know they're dealing with injuries here. I mean, I have no confidence in Denver. Uh, for the owner, for fantasy managers out there that you know we're banking on Russell Wilson, they're really getting burned right now, and I'm not sure it's going to turn around. There's so many injuries now on the offensive line. Obviously, the Javante Williams. If you even were in on the Broncos before the season, you're you have to be out on them at this point. I mean, Sutton and Judy are still viable options uh, per se, but outside of that, James, I mean, I'm, I think it's this game's the Chargers to win. It's at home. This is when they got to have. They're going to. Sort of take a leg up here from the rest of the the people not named the Chiefs and what I think has been an overrated AFC West so far. So let's get into it, though. Let's finish it up. We do it each week with Thrive Fantasy. And remember, with the promo code FANTISTICS, you can get a 100% deposit bonus at Thrive Fantasy up to $100. Come over and play in the big contest each week uh, versus all kinds of great people and uh Week six, James, they've got a $25 entry, $20,000 to first, $100,000 guaranteed prizes. Just pick 10 out of the 20 options and props. The less probable the prop is to occur, the more points you receive if you choose it correctly. And, man, we've had a lot of fun going head-to-head here on the season. Uh, you can also play in the prop lobby over there, which is just props on any game. So uh, lots of fun there as well. But, James, last week, it wasn't sure. great for either of us. I went two and two. You went one and three. Uh, so my, one of my wins, luckily for you was one of my ice picks, but I lost on my Debo Samuel. I had over 61 yards and he only had 20. I lost on Joe Burrows, 24 and a half completions. He had 24, uh, so just one shy there. I did hit. I used that one. I hit on Alvin Kamara under the half a rushing touchdown for 115 points. So I actually got points there. My ice pick, I didn't get any points, but I still did get it right. Justin Jefferson, over six and a half receptions. It would have been 105 points. He had 12 receptions. He almost doubled it. So uh, on your end, James, you got the Derrick Henry over 82 and a half rushing yards, which was your top pick. He had 102. You lost on the Zeke Elliott under 52 and a half rushing yards. to He had 78. You lost on Cooper Cups over eight and a half receptions. And dude, he had seven for 125, but eight and a half is a big number. <laughs> it's a ridiculous number. And Trevor Lawrence, two and a half passing touchdowns. That was 135.1. So you were really shooting for the fences, but he had zero. He had nothing. Oh, I they know didn't have a had. touchdown. So needless to say, after five weeks, I'm 11 and eight. I've got 740 points. You're seven and 13. You've got 530. I'll pick first this week, my friend. And I am going to go right over Josh Allen right here. Over two and a half passing touchdowns uh, and uh, interceptions. Or, or interceptions for 100 yeah. points. I'm not going to argue with that one. I'll use that one. That's got to be that's got to easily be one of the top 10 um, when you consider. By the way, I was under on Josh Allen last week in the contest as well, not in our head to head. And boy, that one was like he was over his total by halftime. Uh, <laughs> I like that Josh Allen one here. You get, I like, and I like the past TDs plus the interceptions. It gives you so much leeway. It could be good. It could be bad. It still goes your way. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who's been an absolute target hog all season long. It's Hollywood Brown for Arizona. The target, the, the reception total, uh, receiving yards total 64 and a half. I'm getting plus points on that 110 points. Um, I mean, the guy's going to get probably 10 targets again this week. So I think 64 and a half total receiving yards against a bad Seattle defense is well within range. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue with it. That's pretty, uh, I'd probably lean that way if I was going it myself. All right, let's move a little bit further down the board here. And, uh, you know, in fact, you, you said I'd probably go with it myself. I had that one on my list. Let's be clear. You just took one of mine. So well, uh, that was my favorite of them all. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I like a few of them though. Honestly, I'm trying to decide which one of the ones I like I'm going to go next, but I'm going to go under here, James. And I'm going to go under 24 and a half completions for Tom Brady. Uh, that's a lot of completions. I think the Bucs could easily win this game with him not having to throw it as much as that. 24 and a half completions for the 115 points. I'm getting a little aggressive here. I got the lead. I'm, I'm getting a little aggressive. I think that's a, a t- obtainable 115 points out there. And I'll, that would be my second pick here. I like I like the plus points on that, and you got to think they should be able to just wax Pittsburgh and run the ball down there. So that's sort of what I'm I with was you. thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with less than points. I tried to push the issue with points last week, and it just didn't work. And uh, I'm just gonna try and uh, get my three yards in a cloud of dust with this one. AJ Brown, I'm going less than 79 and a half total receiving yards 
The Dallas defense, I told you it's good. This is going to be a tough physical football game, which, by the way, is a game that A.J. Brown should thrive in because he is a tough physical receiver. But getting to 80 yards in this game I think will be a, a stretch. It's not like I think Jalen Hurts throws for 300. So it's only 90 points, but I think it's a pretty safe 90 points. I'll, I'll go there. I'm going to go Nick Chubb on the rushing touchdown. Only 80 points, but, I mean, dude, the way this guy's scoring, it seems like I'll take that every week. He's been really good for the two fantasy squads that he's been my anchor, so I can't disagree with that one. I'm going to go with one that I guess I'm just, until I see differently, I said I don't think the New Orleans defense is that good, but frankly, I'm not so sure the Bengals' offense is that good. They're struggling to find ways to get Jamar Chase the ball. This team has been competing because of defense. It's an even prop either way. If I'm wrong, the Bengals had a good day probably, and I'll be happy to see this one go wrong. But it's 70.5 total receiving yards for Jamar Chase. I will go under for 100 points. I had it on mine, too, the same way. So Sucks, but, dude, it's like it's the logical play these days. Yeah. Well, I will go – I'm going to stick to unders here and go uh, – and this is just my ice pick, James, So, but we'll still put it on the record here. Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, the Packers, another team. I, I'm sort of liking the Jets in this matchup. Uh, I do think it's going to be a physical game that the Packers are going to pound the rock here. I'm going Rodgers under 232.5 passing yards. It's 105 points. That is a low total that had absolutely struck my eye. I was considering that one myself. I guess I'm going to stick up top there. I'm, I'm half tempted to go with the Zeke Elliott one at the bottom and just bank easy points. It's a nice pick. I'm hopefully not using it anyway. So I'll stick up top where I was looking under that Rodgers one is Dalvin Cook. 84.5 total rushing yards it's at Miami we know it's tough in that weather sometimes it's only 90 points but I will take the under 84 and a half total rushing yards for one down Dang, you took three unders that's a first Unders oh, by the way, um, last week I had just missed Kirk Cousins hitting his under in passing yards for my five-way prop yet again. I keep hitting four out of five in the prop lobby. Oh, maybe you should just play a four-teamer, dude. What are the odds of me? Okay, Am I going to play like five different four-teamers? Because what are the odds of me picking the one to pull out correctly? Uh, that's why they're in business. Thrive's that's doing correct, a good Mundo. business. They take care of you. <laughs> and a nice plug for Thrive Fantasy. Use the promo code FANTISTICS, and you too can miss out by just one prop parlay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right one. on that note we will sign off from here be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen that way you get it right when it comes out on tuesday nights plus you can catch us all season long saturday mornings as well except this saturday james gonna go enjoy some soccer watch his fc cincinnati team hopefully get a dub <sighs> so it'll be me and skeeter robinson there james i'm sort of glad because I, I was I'm really glad you took off, but I was like, dude, if he tries to host this show with this game on, I mean, it's gonna be the most distracted you would ever would have been on radio. And you're pretty distracted regularly. It would have been like me with the Ryder Cup and the Masters on at the same time. Yeah. Is how distracted I would yeah. have been. I did I'll never forget the year I did the show with Drew Dinkmeyer in the early years of fantasy radio and uh we were in the five o'clock slot and I had to be on during one of the Bengals Texans playoff games. Of course, it was easier for me to be on after the Bengals sucked and I was I know I know who won that game. Yeah. yeah you don't exactly. even have to tell me what year. Yeah, that was like four years in a <laughs> row. But uh either way, catch us. Uh, here on the podcast. Good luck to y'all. Enjoy the games here in week number six. We'll be back next time on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.